and welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and I'm joined by the dogger, dog, no, dog sitter. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been my evening so far, John. Dog sitting, that's the age we've got to. That's it. These puppies are expensive, John. You know, anyway, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Alan Lloyd Boyd. Uh, big birthday today. So, not many men I would uh, I'd give up my Wednesday night to, to go and dog sit for, but he, he's one of them. So, yeah, happy birthday, mate. One of the JITs tomorrow as well. How have you been, John? You good? Oh, babe, I've only got one thing to say I'm colorblind. Devastating. Utterly devastating, isn't it? Big Darius, some man. Darius Campbell, this is for you. Yeah, national treasure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Shocking news. Sent sent shockwaves through 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 Scotland for sure um, in the last day. But yeah, but it's not over here to talk about today, is it? No, from one national treasure to another. David Martindale. We'll come on to him later. Yeah, we will. We will. We've got to. We've got to. Well, this is it. This is first pod back where the season's underway. Three yeah, yeah. Down. We kind of came into it, lots of optimism. We can we can maybe laugh at how bad some of those pre-season predictions were looking at the time, but here we are three weeks in. And it's really nice as well because I feel like we've not got a sudden, unexpected international break to deal with when we're just getting going. We seem to have quite a few weeks of premiership action. Uh, to just get stuck into. So I'm thoroughly enjoying it. What have you made of the season so far? Yeah, it's been excellent, hasn't it? I mean, it's just been, um, there's been a lot of um, unexpected performances from certain teams. Uh, there's been a lot of also the same kind of stuff. Dare I say it, do the you know old firm look further ahead than ever against the rest of us? possibly um but again you know there's been there's been so many exciting moments particularly in Europe as well Scobie which we're going to talk about in part one and try and relate that into how that's fed into um fantasy football Scotland and the cinch and performance there as well um absolutely and it's the the European dream is still alive for for some of us and obviously coming uh coming into this on the eve of uh, of Hearts's uh return to Europa League action very exciting night tomorrow mm. for us uh, against Zurich. I'll say it before anyone else tweets in and says it. Yes, I accidentally organised a night out at the Fringe tomorrow night, but I am making way for the game. Don't worry. Six o'clock kickoff against uh, Zurich. And then a, a return like a time castle, hopefully to, to kind of to see us over the line, maybe even take us further into the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah with, away time. goals rule not counting now. I mean, I suppose the tie will never be quite as dead. And buried as you think it could be after the first leg. Now I've seen some good videos of Hearts fans already making numbers in Zurich. So hopefully some more funny videos over the next few days as you come into there. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to touch on the preview for that school game? How you feel? Yeah, about I think so. I mean, yeah, like you say, it's, it's long awaited. Um, what do we know about Zurich? Well, you know, they're in they're in Europe for a reason. They're currently sitting bottom of the Swiss Super League, zero wins from five. But you know, that's five games. Let's not get carried away. I think they lost a couple of big players in the summer, which has affected them. Uh, but look, they've got the job done so far in qualifying. They obviously came through a, a round before us. Um, and then we've got this home leg at Tynecastle to follow. We don't know. We don't know. Hearts have looked 
obviously strong, I think, in the first few weeks of the season. I'd say it's sort of job done. Um, I'd say against Ross County, we were, you know, we, we were at the races just about. I think our class showed through, but I thought Ross County, you know, probably deserved more than they got out of that game. They were very good to start with, um, particularly in the first half. A couple of moments of brilliance from the likes of Forrest and Mackay. I thought, you know, obviously that's what, that's what takes us over the line. Um, draw against Hibs shouldn't have been, um, you know, but as, as we've all talked about, Roy the Rovers stuff for Martin Boyle. Um, and, and I'm not going to take that away from them, but, you know, a draw away at Easter Road. And then we very much got the job done on Sunday there against uh, hurting Dundee United. So we've been good so far, but how much we can read into then European, uh, how we're going to play and respond to that in Europe, I, I, I don't know. So we'll see. I'm just hoping it's still tight. I'm hoping to be there at Tynecastle next week. And look, you'll take some, um, you'll take some sort of, spirit yes. from from the way that Rangers have, have managed to kind of turn ties uh, on their head playing teams at, uh, at Ibrox I'm not necessarily comparing Tynecastle to Ibrox it's a smaller stadium and you know it's a different situation there but it's a, not a nice place to come and play yeah you know, it's a noisy atmosphere on a Thursday night so I don't know I'm excited though <laughs> Won't be the first time or the last time that Hearts take inspiration from Rangers, I'm sure. So. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to talk, touch on what Hearts players have actually um, you're really impressed. And it's, it's yep. difficult to talk about Hearts, but obviously they're like talking about Barry Mackay. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, yeah, hopefully he gets his Scotland call-up coming soon. Uh, best player in the league right now, I reckon, alongside Jota of Celtic. I think that's uh, that's fairly um, un- yep. un- undeniable. Craig Gordon's been excellent again. Yep. Always looks so solid in the sticks there, doesn't he? And um, Stephen Kingsley coming back into, did he not get off the bench against United as well? So that's quite a, a nice one uh, for Fantasy Football Scotland owners uh, coming back. Into Huge lift. And he was meant to be, uh, I'd heard uh, that he was going to, it was going to be more like six weeks out. So he's he's made a bit of a miraculous recovery, Kingsley. So it's great to have him back. And obviously just from set pieces, he offers us so much. That's the kind of thing, you know, you could see us if we're going to nick a point or even three points away. You know, because I easily see it coming from a moment of brilliance uh, from him, from a from a dead ball situation. And I think Luke Shankland, we were we we've been hard on this podcast on Shankland in the past and the way he was at Dundee United. We talked at the start of the season, how would he do? Two and two. Uh, so far, really enjoying him there, enjoying his fighting spirit. Two and three. Uh, physicality, and I think he's going to be someone that that we're going to be bringing into the side um, in our entire fantasy sides, you know, across the course of the season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's been uh, good good to get off the mark. I mean, what better way to get off the mark against your city rivals in a derby, right? 100%. And then again against your against your old club, Dundee United, which is a perfect segue, John, into... Yeah. Well, we've all been loving the Dundee United so far, haven't we? Run taken by the ASOS Ancelotti. I believe he's been dubbed Mr. Jack Ross. Um, obviously had an unbelievable result at home to Alkmaar, uh, 1-0. Tannadice was rocking. That Middleton goal was incredible. Levitt was majestic. Fletcher held, held up the ball really well. Jamie McGrath came off the bench. He's on, back, he's on loan from Wigan, back in the cinch, got the assist. And everyone was just thinking, wow, it looks really, really rosy for this Dundee United team under Jack Ross. And then, wow, what a difference seven days can make. You know, the the the, the Tanadice faithful made their way out to Amsterdam, and I hope I hope if you were one of them, you went out on the Wednesday because that must have been some session the Wednesday night. <laughs> you won the lot going into that leg, um, and then yeah, just got absolutely hammered on the Thursday night. And you know, whilst it's good 
to have these adventures. Sometimes they can be detrimental. And I think the, the way in which the players almost look to just give up at points in that game and just how shite Bergatti, that keeper from Australia, who was tipped on this podcast to be all right, by the way, shows how much knowledge we know, really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just it just took the whole thing down for United. And now, thumped by hearts at the weekend, it's not. It's just not looking quite as good as it was. I mean, a week in, in football is a short time. A week in Scottish football is a very, very short time. Yeah, you make a very good point. I think it came out such a, you know, it'd been a really awkward start to the season for them. Most people would have expected them to get their season off to a good start and beat Kilmarnock away. Kilmarnock dug in 1-1. Then they get beaten by Livingston at home. You know, another another, um, another kick. Livingston will come on to them later in this uh, episode, I'm sure. They've had a fantastic but start to the season, so it won't take anything away from that. But you know, I, think, I, think, I think the Livingston game, though, like you can, you can take that with a pinch of salt. Like, yeah. it was four days after, or three days after beating Altmar at home, like one of the yeah, best yeah, results fair enough, yeah. they've had in, you know, 30 years at Tannadice. I don't think anyone saw too much into that. And only 1-0, you know. But, no, but now when you look at two Aye. results on and you're looking at, four losses in five mm-hmm. and sitting where they are in the league is tough and it's going to be tough on Jack Ross to pick them back up. But I do think they've got enough talent in that squad, as you rightly say, to, um, you know, to, to, to be in a better position yeah. forward if they, if they replace that keeper. Yeah, I think oh, look, they've got two weeks left in the transfer window. I think you just, you do just burn them. You just say that's a bad mistake and you call it early and you go and get a replacement keeper because yeah. it, it just looks shocking. Yeah. Um, another big concern for them is Dylan Levitt, Dylan Levitt is injured and he really, well, he would make any team tick in a cinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to lose him to injury is poor as well. Talking about poor results in Europe, uh, Motherwell, uh, oh. they got spanked by Sligo. <laughs> um, we shouldn't laugh because obviously we're all about the coefficient, but you just do have to laugh sometimes. Yeah, um, so you were quite, you were quite confident about Graham Alexander's uh, season this year. I was less so. I, I'm erring on the side that I would have just sacked him at the end of last season. You take the fluky run into Europe, and then you just get rid of him and hopefully attract a manager that's going to be attracted to playing in Europe. But I don't think that's. Anyway, the he's gone. If I was a better producer of this podcast, we'd have that. We'd be replaying my soundbite from episode one. <laughs> right. Get them back on the straight and narrow. Uh, I think you're right. Looking at it now, they, they probably should have had this, that discussion and got rid of them at the end of last season. Stephen Hamill, though, next man up. What do mm. we make of that? Not a bad start. Yeah, I mean, club legend, over 500 appearances for, for Motherwell. Um, so a really, uh, you know, a nice one to get the fans on side mm. who were pretty disenchanted under Graham Alexander. Um, Hamill, yeah, he obviously got off to a bit of a rough start against St Johnston, yeah. uh, losing in the last minute to Stevie May um, scenes for the Super Jays, probably everyone's worst team in the league, I'd say. Yes. But he's definitely made them play a bit differently. And having watched their excellent uh, 3-2 win up at Cotodre at the weekend, this is a different Motherwell that we're seeing. You know, Normally we, we, we associate Motherwell of sort of the hammer-throwing type, of lumping it long, of being physical, and Kevin Van Veen just generally pulling a bit of magic out of his arse. It was a bit different the way they were playing. They were, I think they did, they made more passes in that game against Aberdeen than they did under any game under Graham Alexander. Um, the way the front three are working together, and that's Kevin Van Veen, and from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, Blair Spittle. Yep. He was stunning in that in that movement in the front three. He's playing just off the left. 
scored a goal and was an absolute menace all game. And he's only 3.2 million in midfield, Scobie. Fantastic. Bit of, uh, bit of a bargain there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's his first game as permanent manager, wasn't it? 3-2. Couldn't have asked for much more. Uh, a thriller at Pitodri. Disappointing one for Aberdeen, all the same. We'll get your, your thoughts on that too. But yeah, other people I was going to pick out from that side played pretty well. I thought Sean Goss stood out. Um, mm. Don't know where he ranks again in terms of uh, value on this, but the other one is Calm Slattery, um, who, who was quite a popular pick under Alexander. We didn't know much about quite a few of the players that Alexander brought in, but Slattery, uh, albeit only six points so far this season, but he's at 3.5 million, could be worth keeping an eye on. Um, and what is Goss again? Goss comes in at 3.3. He's sitting on 13 points on the season. So maybe a couple of interesting options there. You mentioned Spittle too. And I think Van Dien's probably their most selected player at the moment. So um, yeah. other, other thing I like about Motherwell is they've got a really good um, fixture list coming up. So they've got Livingston at home, Killy away, United at home, then Ross County away. So like, you know, they're not playing, they're playing hearts in five games. Until then, they can, yeah. you can easily see them, in theory, picking up 12 points in that. Only they had Aberdeen every week, eh? Four, four and five, is that, I guess, in Aberdeen? Yes, yes. Aberdeen <laughs> cannot beat Motherwell. That is the new bogey team. Well, there's a lot of a couple of them, have you not? I thought there was one at Christmas, was there not? Uh, was, that, oh, you might, was that two years ago? Oh, I've been to many defeats at Fur Park. Uh, Fur Park recently, uh, one sprung to mind. Oh, well, well, there we are. Well, rounding off our European, uh, you know, European exploits across Scotland, obviously Rangers, um, a thrilling uh, tie uh, first up in the, in the Champions League um, against Union St. Julies, um, who they managed to turn the tie around once again at Ibrox and take themselves through to face PSV. First leg of that I at Ibrox this time. And that was last night, two all. Um, they've had a really impressive start in the, in the league. I think Celtic have possibly been arguably um, been a bit quicker off the mark than them. But, you know, Rangers have got the job done, scored just as many goals and looked good. Uh, do you think they've got a chance at PSV going away? I think Rangers have scored two less goals than Celtic, but we'll we'll let you. Is that all they only? Okay, we'll let you run with that. Um, what was your question? Sorry, I was just. Can you see them going away to PSV and uh, uh, you know and 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 qualify? Well, potentially, potentially. The fact that there's no away goals, I think, is definitely in their favour, isn't it? Because obviously, conceding two Ibrox isn't great. But yeah, they've got to turn they've got to turn their form around a little bit. But PSV look very very good. I think in Rangers are like they look. They found Kolak is a is a really good finisher, mm-hmm. um, so it was a great move for the first goal last night. So in him, they've got a guy who's a predator and a striker. Didn't really understand why Morelos wasn't coming on when they're bringing like Scott Wright on last night. But yeah, as for another, maybe he's not fit or whatever. Um, and 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 Lawrence, you, despite that howling uh, sort of drop and fumble from the PSV keeper in the free kick. Uh, he looks like a decent player as well. Got a lot of good long shots on him. So maybe if they can't get right up the pitch, then it's going to be a ping from him at some point. It might that might help them. But yeah, I mean, wow, what a carrot to be dangled. £40 million if they make it into the Champions League group stages. Arguably uh, a bigger prize than, than the, the the one that was awaiting them had they beaten Frankfurt in the summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... Um... 
it's interesting and you look at it from a fantasy point of view um, they're quite sort of stacked across midfield uh, mm-hmm. Rangers options there I mean we, we, we assume that everybody's going to have Tav as you've mentioned Kolak's been pretty um, popular as well uh, as an up top option at a good price point so it kind of leaves you with if you're going to have one more Rangers player who you can have and you know they'll be sitting in midfield interestingly all the top options aren't really doing much Ryan Kent once again seems to have been overvalued <laughs> in this game seven points he sits on at the moment Hadji's been injured out Scott Wright, weirdly, was uh, was valued at 5.4 million. And then you're going to get further down, you finally get into those that are that are scoring some points and doing stuff. So Tom Lawrence has been very popular, 16.6% uh, ownership at the moment, 20 points he's delivered on that. I think, for me, Malik Tillman looks like one that's really kind of coming uh, on, new to them. Uh, he was also playing kind of through the middle last night. I think mm-hmm. Tillman could be interesting because he's one of those players that's kind of slightly playing out of position. And that's always yeah. a valuable asset, obviously, um, when it comes to fantasy, especially when they're playing further forward. So Tillman at 5 million, you can save yourself 0.2 there and, and, and essentially be getting somebody that's playing up top. The rotation's going to be the big worry, though, isn't it, for Rangers? Because they do have a lot of depth in that midfield. Yeah, yeah. No, Tillman seems like a safe shout considering he started last night. Yeah. The one I really liked Matondo. Thought he was brilliant um, at the weekend against Kelly at home. Yeah, uh, looks really, really skillful. Uh, like a total handful, and uh, like a real upgrade on like maybe a sort of similar like fashion Sakala vibes, which just actually looks like he's got a decent end product. Yeah, a bit more exactly. Um, which and is you, also can't, you can't turn your nose up at Scott Arfield. I mean, he's not a sexy player that anyone's going to mm-hmm. have. But he kind of consistently seems to come off the bench. He's zero point six percent owned. Zero point six percent owned. He's on seventeen points. Absolutely massive differential if you if you if you're one of those point six and you just always you can just always see him getting points you know you like, wouldn't be bothered if he was sitting on the bench. It's a bit like sort of Hadji like doesn't start often when yeah. he's fit but is very productive when he's on the pitch. Yeah, sort of points per minute I'd imagine are really high, but I suppose yeah. you're just playing with that risk that he might not actually get off the bench. This is the thing we're about to get into, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with Celtic as well. What are we going to do with this rotation that's going to be incoming with the European runs when they start? And actually, it's the question, you know, are they good enough, strong enough? They got enough depth there that you can actually just pick people, even if you, you know, the rotation doesn't even become a risk because they're probably going to come on and contribute points. Maybe not defenders. You wouldn't count defenders in that. Not going to get clean sheets for playing whole games, but attackers and midfielders, it's very much a question to be had. I, I think, I, you know, the fear factor is maybe not there. These guys are going to score points. That is for sure. One, one, one point to finish on this long European section we've had, which we've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. John McLaughlin was the only Scottish player for Rangers last night in Europe that started. 34 mm-hmm. years old. Is that worrying? It's not great, is it? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, Suter obviously um, out at the moment, isn't he? So he mm. wasn't around. He's the only. So right came on, uh, an obvious one. Yeah, right came on. Jack on the bench too. Uh, yeah, it is worrying, John. It is, and it would be um, a similar, similar situation as well. And you know, it's not exactly like Celtic are flooded with Scots. You'd have Taylor. Yeah, but I suppose at least you go McGregor, Taylor, Ralston. Yeah, Ralston was nothing, but yeah. Um, yeah, it is slightly worrying. It's kind of a bit back to maybe the um, some of the Rangers and Celtic teams of old, which has had you know a lot of talent in it, undoubtedly, but a lot of foreign talent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one, and one point before we get out of part one, so we're going to chat about yes. this absolutely awful TV deal that's happened that we've been offered in Stinch. That can be described as a honking deal. Honking, yep. A honking deal is a... Yeah, that's Not a deal a, you'd be making. A shite deal. Nope. <laughs> Boggin, shite, poaching, any of the, any of the above. 
It's a worse deal, um, sort of money-wise, that's been uh, panned around in the Norwegian league, the Greek league, Polish, mm-hmm. Swedish, or Danish leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just to give you a big uh, picture on what it is, it's about thirty million per season for sixty live since Premiership matches uh, from twenty twenty four to twenty twenty nine. Um, so, actually, so if you look at our previous deal, we were getting five hundred and forty thousand pounds per game per live match. This is four hundred and ninety-two thousand pounds. That's going down, and we're in an inflationary environment. Scobie, what are we doing? Just to add some fuel to this fire, the viewing figures for um, Scottish football were one hundred seventy-five thousand people in 2018 and in the Season 2020-21, we had 310,000 viewers, so nearly double. And last season, it was 270,000 viewers, which is a slight come down, but that's natural given COVID and things like that and people back at matches. So what I'm saying, Scobie, is we've been absolutely shafted here and should really be looking for a deal that we think around the £40 million mark, so an extra 33%. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think like it's a terrible deal. I've seen the same stuff as you that's, that's been uh, batted about, and I won't um, run over your points. Um, I think also the, the big issue is, of course, just Sky. You know, Sky are a little bit the issue. They've never been popular. Um, you know, popular kind of holders of the of, of the rights of Scottish football, continuously making gaffes. I think we had a recent one. I don't know if you saw that. Hatate in a Celtic strip was part of the advertisement for Hibs Hearts. Yeah. Um, two weeks ago, I mean, it's just it's not even la- it's not even funny anymore. It's it's just mm-hmm. it's laughably bad, uh, and and it's just never really cared. Seemed like something that they've put any care and attention into. I mean, I was quite shocked actually, perhaps ignorantly, to know that you know the the forty eight game deal which they currently have, they've they've not even got close to fulfilling that. Um, mm-hmm. in the in the years that they've had it recently, you know, I think they've shown something in the region of thirty. Uh, high 30s like maybe yeah. early 40 games I mean to not even be fulfilling the deal is just embarrassing and I think there's a lot of obviously biased uh, you know towards certain clubs too which is always going to happen fine but it's not what the deal should be about um, yeah I don't know where to go so I think Sky is a huge part of the problem and their management of it um, and obviously it's you know the the the, the SPFL the target of 50 million that they've been banding around as this annual income they're looking for and all the revenue streams are going to activate around that. This obviously should be the biggest part of that. It just feels, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully the clubs do the right thing and get together and, and reject this deal and maybe we put it out to tender and yeah. try and get some interest again from BT or if it's Premier Sports, it just needs to be more money, mm-hmm. which means more money for the clubs, uh, hopefully nicely, better spread than it is just now as well yeah. and therefore giving us a better product we do love the cinch regardless don't we we do we do um, and you were saying about two hundred seventy thousand uh per per match for you it's about the same as our viewing figures anyway we'll get out of uh <laughs> we'll get out of part one i think on that note and then we'll get our heads into part two Hello, welcome back to part two, Scobie. I mentioned David Martindale in part one. Please tell me we're talking about him in part two. Uh, well, I was thinking actually, well, of course we're bloody talking about David Martindale. Yes. Livingston have been incredible so far this season, haven't they? I mean, I just, and I just love it. I think you said it the other day, future Scotland manager, David Martindale. I would love to see it. When Sir Steve decides to hang up his robes. Ah. Uh, 
Give him to Davy Martindale. What a fucking laugh that would be. Um, but no, they've been really impressive so far. Like they pushed Rangers all the way that first game of the season. I thought they were brilliant in that game. Big Nubile has been a been a real handful up top, hasn't he? He got the goal and um, made Suter look like a very silly boy. Uh, he was very uncomfortable in the position that he was playing in that first game of the season. And they really pushed them all the way in it. And it should have probably come away with a with a point from that. And then since then, they dispatched Hibs and then Dundee United. I've loved what I've seen so far. And, and, and based on what we're seeing at the moment, they look a really good bet for top six at this form. I don't think any team in Scotland is going to want to play against them, you know, mm. be it the old firm hearts, hips, whoever it is that are, be, that are put in front of them. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with all the points. Martindale, he's not lost a lot of players this summer. Um, and so what he's done is just added to the squad really nicely. I mean, I can't believe we're not talking about Bruce Anderson. He's barely played. Joel Nublé has just been outstanding. Um, building on the small snippets that we saw of him towards the end of last season of a really good player. The way he waltzed through that with Hibbs' defence, yes, it was poor defending, but he yeah. still had to do it. And it was fantastic. And he looks really good. David Martindale, carrying on with the Scotland team, Scobie, has been comparing him to Lyndon Dykes and the impact that he had on the, had on the team back then it's not just him they seem so organized at the back and they're so hungry for everything across the pitch aren't they i mean looking at players that are chipping in devlin's got a couple of assists already this season uh obelai popped up yes the marking was again dreadful from hibernian but he popped up in the 86 minute with a winner yeah loving livingston this season it's a throwback to sort of the, the 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 two years ago when they were on that mental run before covid stopped everything it just just fantastic Absolutely. Nicky Devlin for me as well. It's just been obviously pick of the bunch. I think for me, I'm considering bringing him in. If you look ahead to who they've got in, uh, you know, the, the remainder of this month, Motherwell, Aberdeen, Dundee United. I think Livingston will look at all three of those fixtures and think, you know, there's three wins to be had there. You know, I, I think they back themselves that much the way they're playing at the moment. And Martindale's just wanting, will keep this rolling. Um, I don't think they're going to win all three of those games, but I think uh, we could be cracking contests each of them. I think yeah. all of those teams are probably playing at about a similar-ish level, you know, at, 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 you know, when, when they're firing at the, at the moment. So uh, if we're investing, certainly it's in um, in Devlin. And I think you've got to consider Nublé at 4.6 million. I mean, the values are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like both of those shouts. I've had, I've had Devlin all seasons. He's been pretty productive for me. Yeah. Um, Scott Pittman... He's been mm. great again. 309 appearances he's now got for Livingston. He's their record appearance holder. You've got a guy like that in the middle of the park and then Martindale on the bench. You can just see what, how this, this team works there. There's no superstar on the team, but the superstar might, might be turning into to Joel Nublé. Could be, could be. Uh, so we love it. And we're possibly going to get David Martindale on this season, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, next week. Speaking to his people, right? Correct. <laughs> they went on the terrace. They sort of, they sort of um, heated on us. Oh, because he was, he was in, wasn't he? He was. He must, he must have, he must have answered. Management the team got back to us and said they were keen. So I don't know what happened there. He must, he must have meant us, but he's accidentally replied to the terrace. Easily, easy mistake to make. I know. Uh, right. So who do we talk about next? I think we've got to talk about Celtic. They have flown out the blocks this year uh, and they've looked the class of the field for me. It's just been pretty effortless in three games that they've played so far. Ten scored, one conceded. Pick your players that have stood out. Jota, Kyogo, Abada, Maida, O'Reilly. They've all been impressive so far. I think the one I'm going to pick out is a bit of a, 
you know, off the beaten track uh, signing would be um, Jens. Yeah. Three million he is, so a relative steal in the market, and he's got 17 points already. So he's outscoring uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers, for example, who's 4.1 million. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic signing, and he's looked, looked the part as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, nice cheap cheap option in defence there. Well, he got two goals this season. I think he's the only defender to have scored two goals this season. So, yep. yeah. I mean, I suppose there's the rotation risk there, isn't it? You've got the, you've got the ones that are sort of set. Cameron Carter, Vickers, Greg Taylor's had an excellent start to the yeah, season, um, and it has done. He hasn't given um, Ange a reason to drop him yet, which I think is sort of what people are waiting for. Um, so we'll just have to see see what happens there, really. It is, and it, the rotation thing we just talked about it with Rangers. I think it's the same situation with Celtic. You know, you were giving me a bit of that about mm, Kyogo. Is he going to start getting rotated uh, when we were discussing things uh, just before the weekend there? I mean, I think it's fair, but I think he's still going to get game time. You know, if they're neck and neck with Rangers, every every game's going to count. Um, every point's going to count. So, yeah, Jota's been fantastic as well. He was a wee bit off the ball, didn't he, last year at times? I think there was a bit of a, you know, after a very, very hot start, but he came back from injury. He, was, he wasn't particularly impressive, but God, he's had a couple of strikes this year. Uh, just looks so hungry for it. Now he's got his permanent moves. Seems to be loving being in Glasgow, loving playing there. Uh, yeah. I think he'll be one for the big nights, um, I'm sure, at Celtic Park. Um, Aye, he's got two goals, three assists already. Fantasy football Scotland essential, yes, hundred uh, percent. So Aberdeen, yeah. Kilmarnock, Ross County coming up for them. I mean, they could be playing anyone at this point, but it's a nice run for them. Uh, I'm sure there's more goals to be had, um, and and you know just just laying a marker down before the Champions League kicks off um, fully. So you've got to have three Celtic players. It's which three Celtic players? I'd like to hear people's thoughts on that as well. I was saying to you, I'm. You'd be tempted by O'Reilly, for example. He seems to be on a lot of set pieces. Mm. He seems to be playing quite regularly, uh, and he's quite a good price point too. So, yeah, I like I like the O'Reilly shout. He looks like he's um he's really settled in Celtic really well. Is playing yeah. is really well trusted by Ange in that midfield, sort of taking on that Tom Rogic role, if you like. And yeah, can't wait to see Southampton uh, purchase him in two seasons time. <laughs> um, we're going to go to the other end of the. Uh, table for now I just want to kind of touch on Kilmarnock uh, opened their season with a draw against Dundee United um, and it's been a bit downhill from there for them two tough fixtures obviously against the old firm seven goals conceded none scored but Kilmarnock season's obviously not going to be won or lost um, based on results against the Arse Cheeks is it I mean it's, it's a really the opening the opening day game is the only one you can really um, in many ways judged them on uh, and they did get a draw against them the United at home so you know it's kind of like they've got those two games out of the way where do Kilmarnock yeah. go from here well we see the real Kilmarnock now they've got Ross County Motherwell and then Hearts to come and I'll say this now I would not put it past them to get a result against us they absolutely love playing us and they love playing us at Tynecastle. I've seen a number of results go against us there so is it a bit wait and see with Kelly? No, I I quite I like where, you, where your thoughts are at. Yeah, they've obviously got both. They've got both the the ugly sisters out of the way. They haven't been. I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a bit of a tonk, and they took to um to Celtic at the weekend. But Celtic are going to do that to many teams, so they can't can't read into that too much. You got to look at the the Ash Taylor shout that I made at the start of the season. Scobie scored first day. Yeah, they got that late equaliser. I think he could be a guy you could bring in. I call it like that. Where else have you seen the value in this team? Well, I think frustratingly for them, Jordan Jones, who they were quite excited about, obviously, to come on uh, on loan from Wigan, still seems to be struggling with injury at the moment. I mean, he's there as a midfielder at 3.8 million, but 
John Jones is a good player, player we know well in the league, obviously. So was quite excited about that. But the thing is, they've, 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 I think you probably look back to that old partnership of Lafferty and Shaw. So these games that they've got coming up, which are going to be big games for them, Ross County, Motherwell, Hearts, you know, your Carl Lafferty's and all the Shaws might be back in the mix there. So if you're trying to maybe balance your team out, if you're maybe trying to find a bit of budget, yeah. you, know, you need to drop you need to drop somewhere, maybe one of the bigger players, bigger ticket players up top. Yeah, a lot worse to get than, than looking back at Lafferty and Shaw. I mean, they've not scored any so far this season, but that's not to say they're not going to. Yeah. So, yeah, quite excited by maybe seeing what Kamarnik are. We'll see after six games, we can have more of a conversation about them, but um, still very much TBC. Another team, I think we're going to look over the other side of Ember too. Um, Lee Johnston, he's another, he's another one. It's hard to, um, to get a read on where Hibs are and how um, his, his kind of career started there. Last minute win, winner from Campbell provided them with a win in their first game of the season. But they were, mm. for, you know, all intents and purposes, not great in that game uh, before the aforementioned loss to Livingston. But again, a tight game. And then the draw with the a brilliant game. That was a brilliant game. The Livingston game yeah. was was absolutely excellent. The yeah. first half was, 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 was fairly all Livy and Hibs didn't really do much. But the start of the second half, Hibs were all over Livingston. They must mm-hmm. have had like six to eight corners. Yeah, like pummeling them, so many chances. It was it was absolutely brilliant to watch. And it, I think when you listen to Lee Johnson after the game, giving him the benefit of the doubt, that's the kind of football he's wanting Hibs to play go forward. Mm-hmm. And whether that's because Martin Paul came on at half time and helped ignite that sort of spark underneath them, potentially that could be the case. And um, I also really like the look of Ewan. Uh, he's yeah. the um, four million pound striker as well, which is really cheap. Um, he obviously got the assist against Hearts in the derby. So yeah, yeah. quite a good shot. I don't think he's going to be a goal scorer, but mm. I think he's going to be a big hold-up man, and he and he was a problem for us, much in the way Nuble was uh, for Rangers. I like to see the fact that he's playing Melkerson out a bit, bit wide. Melkerson's looked good in patches this year. I think Henderson's been their best player this season. He's been a steal, so I think quite a lot of people have had him, three million. I think Henderson's looked really good throughout the season. I'm, I'm considering getting rid of him. I heard from a different source. Well, he's not been very productive, basically. My fantasy football Scotland, so I, I would, I would, I would hold on to him for now. Um, I also quite like look of Kenna, who's coming. He was a former right. league youth man, wasn't he? Uh, he's playing a holding role, centre mid uh, with Newell. He's already got a goal and he scored quite a few points this season. But I think probably in that in that position, he's not naturally going to be scoring lots. Yeah. Um, Kibraha, people are quite excited about him down at Easter Road as well. I mean, you know, David Marshall even could be an interesting one between the sticks for them if they sort it out and Portia Stanlin are playing together. So I think there's quite a lot of interesting potential in the Hibs team uh, when I look at it, particularly when we get um, Nisbet back, you know, and you're, and you're looking at them from that point of view. Um, and if Boyle gets firing again, that's obviously the main one. I mean, he's not there yet. He's only 0.2% owned Boyle, but at 5.2 million, I think even that, that he could be fantastic value later in the season if he gets firing again or anywhere close to what he was doing. Um, yeah, just you want to see him starting before you get him in your team, don't you? He wasn't didn't start the weekend, but he must must take him a little while to get up to fitness. Get up to fit. He obviously missed all of preseason, and I can't imagine the where he's been playing has been the same intensity or anything like that. So it's going to take no. him a little while just to get up get up to speed. But once he does, yeah, and being on penalties, I'm sure um, he'll be the one that. Uh, everyone will be wanting to have in their team from from Easter Road. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there are the main ones we're going to cover. I feel like we can't cover this section off, John. It's been a, it's been an interesting and up and down start to the season for Aberdeen. Uh, how would you summarise uh, Aberdeen's um, new season so far? Yeah, I think I think the Celtic game was a bit meh, and it's like you go to yeah. Celtic Parkhead and lose two 0 and I thought Anthony Stewart was really good at. Um, Defending against Kyogo seemed to deal with his movement pretty well. Um, so that was like fine. And then obviously beat St. Mirren 4-1 and it's like, yes, you know, nine out of 10. Am I going to get carried away beating 10 man St. Mirren? Yes. Correct. <laughs> I will. Fully carried away. Uh, Miofsky looks really good. Three goals in uh, three games. Top goal scorer in the league. Seems like a bit of a must-have, to be honest, in fantasy football Scotland. He's on penalties. Ramirez looks like he's going to leave. Um, but he did miss a good chance against Motherwell. Um, so, yeah, that was a great game. Obviously, Leighton Clarkson scored an absolute screamer. The boy uh, got signed on loan from Liverpool the night before and scored an absolute thunder bastard um, yeah. to, to sort of break the net out, the, out of the ground. Uh, proves that Aberdeen might have a little handy uh, link-up with Liverpool following the Calvin Ramsey deal, which could be really tasty for them. Um, yeah. But then the following week, box. <laughs> Straight back down to earth and um, getting uh, well beaten off Motherwell 3-2. And what all it shows is that Aberdeen have a lot of work to do and, and, and things can't be fixed in a week. And as long as they're progressing over a few weeks in the right direction, I'd say it was probably two steps forward and one step back in this opening uh, three fixtures. I think that's a fair assessment. Are we going to see any of uh, some of the other signings, you think? Lopes, is there Lopez? Is he going to... Duke, that's the Duke. He scored the, Duke. the fourth against St Mirren. Yeah, I think I think he'll be off the bench, an option off the bench. It's quite interesting what happens with Ramirez. The you know that we've been following this story. Is he leaving? Is he staying? Personally, I wouldn't mind him staying if he's mm. as long as he's not on this sort of ten grand a week that's been there bubbled about. Because I think uh, he's he's a great guy to have coming off the bench. And if Bojan goes down, then that'd be good. Um, Colson, the left back they signed, um, he's out injured now for the next ten weeks. It's a shame for him. Um, from real from fantasy football Scotland, you know, Kel Roos, a hugely owned goalkeeper in this game at that two and a, well, it was 2.4, but he's gone up yeah. both times 2.6, 12 12% owned in the game. He had a um, one of the what the second goal from other weekend. I mean, it was a corner that went straight over his head, didn't come and collect it. And if you really wanted to point a finger, he could probably be at fault for Celtic's first goal in the first game. So I don't think he's completely nailed on for the next few weeks. Right. Yeah, we've got Aberdeen team news this Saturday, but it could be one to watch and maybe when you need to have a, maybe bag his value and, and move on to another option because yeah. uh, I don't think he's the answer. And there's a bit of me that's hoping that maybe the Rockets been fired up Lewis's arse and they can get his performance levels back to where they were. Yeah, maybe. I think that seems fair. And Scales has been, you know, he's obviously been a popular one too. He got the assistant yeah. at the weekend. Uh, we're quite excited about what we're going to see out of Scales, we think. Yeah, I think so. The, the, the unfortunate thing, I think Scales was signed to be alongside Anthony Stewart as a centre-back pairing. And then because Colson's gone out injured, they moved Scales out to left-back. And whilst they put in a great cross, I still think his best position is left-centre-half. Yeah. And Aberdeen is still sort of fit, putting square pegs and round holes a little bit at the back when sort of one player gets injured, which is a little frustrating. And that also means Ross McCrory's moving back to centre-half. And Everyone knows my thoughts on Ross McCoy at centre half. It just doesn't work. So I won't. Yes. I won't, yeah. Go yeah, any further than that. <laughs> uh, good roundup. Good assessment. Uh, I think that's going to be all we'll cover. Of course, we will cover other teams 
um, across the course of the season. And, and we could probably talk about each of them right now, but we'll save that um, for, for, for a bit later in the season. Uh, and I think that wraps up part two. Welcome back. <laughs> Take two. Welcome back. Welcome back. Wow. Welcome back. To, welcome back to part three. It's late. It's hot. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about our, our moves to the track for the weekend coming up. It's gonna be game week four and a little bit about how our performance has been going in fantasy football Scotland so far. Scooby, do you want to ask me first? <laughs> this is uh, basically a section so that John can gloat. John, how have you been getting on so far? Yeah, fit fine and barry is the way as I would describe <laughs> how I've been getting on so far. Uh, I am tied for seventh in the Mega League. That is reason, reason to gloat. I take my hat off to you, John. Fantastic. Hats off. Super. I mean, I think I've made any transfers yet. Genuinely. Tied seven, 247 points. You had 86 points last week. Just for reference, you're 20 points behind uh, Cock and Ball, who is the number one, uh, on 267 points. Uh, how does it feel? It does. It, it, feel, it feels good. It feels nice to, to think that you know, doing all this research and chatting about it and looking at it that maybe it does pay off a little bit. It's obviously a lot of luck as well. Quite a lot to do with the fact that Bojan Miofsky has been scored three goals in three games, I think. That might be helping me. Uh, yeah, but no, it's nice. My favourite name, Scobie, in that top seven is Hello, You Kent. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I think it's actually even closer than that because you're all in and amongst a uh, tight spread. The 267, I think, is a bit of an outlier because they played the triple captain of Tab already this week. Okay, they brought them 27 points, but I think, yeah. Yeah. No, no. You thinking of, I'm sure people are wanting to pick your brains more than mine, John. What okay. are you thinking? Okay, so the success so far has been based on captaining Tav every week. That's a no-brainer. Vice-captain was on uh, Kyogo most of the time or Jota, but I also went for Miofsky last week, so that paid off. I've got Kolak up top, and I've got Barry Mackay, who's been excellent for hearts. And then another good one has been Ayunga at St Mirren. He is a midfielder in the game. I think he was like 3.5 million at the start of the game, and he's playing centre-forward for St Mirren on his own, and he's also on penalties. So he's a real gem to get in your teams. Like it. Like it. Um, so this weekend, I am maybe going to... Tr- well, I was half thinking about Henderson, but now you're talking me out of that. Because <laughs> I was going to try... Basically, I was going to try and get Blair Spittle in. I really, really liked Blair Spittle's performance against Aberdeen. And he's 3.2 million, and he's, so he's playing that front three. So that was my, that was my thinking. I like that. I like that. Um, that feels fair to me. I'm, I'm going to be a bit more boring. I mean, I, I did some transfers last week. Um, so it's a straight swap for me. It's probably going to be Atkinson out for Nicky Devlin. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Um, but one I did want to pick out uh, and just give an odd to him as well, because he's doing some great stuff on Twitter, Scottish Premiership Fantasy Tips, if you're not already following him. Yeah, uh, quite right. This picked out Awura Edwards uh, at Ross County. He's been uh, watching some of the games, thinks that Edwards looks a player. He's a midfielder, uh, comes in at 3.5 million. He's only scored eight points, 
at the moment, but he's saying, do not let that mislead you. He thinks he looks the most promising um, of the players. Uh, and the most likely, I guess, to fill those big those big boots um, left by the likes of Humbo and RCC. So mm. Edwards, we're at Edwards, one for the watch list, maybe. Um, yeah, I quite like that. I think because I think Ross County are another one in a similar vein to maybe Kilmarnock that have had a difficult start, like fixture wise, starts the season. Because obviously they had to go, uh, they had um, Celtic, no, they had to go to Hearts and then they had Celtic at home, yeah. which is difficult. And then disappointingly for them, I suppose they lost to St. Mary away, and that would have been a game they've been yeah. But, yeah. Um, just shows you what sort of the difficult features. County, obviously, very slow starters last year as well. I don't think they won the game in their first five matches last year. Yeah. So they'll exactly. be hoping not to be too similar this time around. Yeah, I think it feels quite a crucial result, actually. Um, result this, this one uh, coming up. Uh, Marky Mackay and um, McInnes, uh, I think, all playing rivals and quite good friends. So Kilmarnock, Ross County, a big match for both of those teams. And uh, so hopefully, we'll be talking about that in the, in the next couple of weeks. And hopefully, it'll be a cracker. Uh, but yeah, Ross County, I wouldn't be scared for them so f- for right now. Um, they've got enough talent there and they're a good enough squad that they'll be okay. But um, yeah, let's wait and see with them too. All right. That is all I've got, John. That's all for me. You, How many dogs are you looking after this weekend? Oh, let me just double count. None. None. Just a, just a cinch for me. Yes. Yeah, that's the way to do it. We'll enjoy the beers on Thursday night and I will be cheering for the JITs as loud as anyone else. Thank you very much, mate. It means a lot. Uh, good luck for the for the weekend. Send us your teams as ever and keep contacting us on the Twitters. And yeah, we'll speak to you again, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. 